All right. Good evening, everyone. Hopefully everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. As always, we'd like to say praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. If you're new around here, welcome to join the midst of the storm and program where we like to do weekly live stream Bible studies and shortly upload audio versions to every major podcast platform shortly thereafter. And if you've been with us for a while, welcome back. As we always like to say, we enjoy you guys tuning in week in and week out to listen what to hear what thus says the Lord. For the past couple of weeks, um, for our podcast listeners, the episodes weren't publishing, and for whatever reason, the limit was set to 100, but I went in there and fixed it and increased that limit, so for our podcast listeners, um, our episodes should be back on there now, so sorry for that delay, I had no idea of that limit. Um, The past two weeks, we've talked about the oneness, the importance of working together, and then after that, we talked about the intercession of Christ, where he interceded for us. So those are two good messages that you don't want to miss. And then tonight we'll be talking about having life and having life more abundantly. I'm sure we've heard of the scripture that Jesus came to give us life and that more abundantly. What is he talking about? What is life? Uh, We talked about this topic in our Zoom Bible study last night. And one of the things Tony said, you know, we strive so much to get these earthly things, a nice car, a big house, and all for what? What profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? Where are all these things going to go? If I get all these things, I may get a good job. I may make six, seven figures, but what good is that if I die and go to hell? So Jesus came to give us life. So let's see what he's talking about. Without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Tony Banks so we can go ahead and get started with this evening's message. I hope you guys get something out of it. Thank you, Melvin. As always, before we get too ahead of ourselves, we would like to start by saying a prayer. If you guys are at a place, uh, at a standstill where you can, we encourage you to join in with us. Heavenly Father, thank you for yet another precious day on this earth, Lord. We thank you for just giving us our life, health, and strength. Uh, No matter how tired, no matter how weak, no matter how whatever we're feeling, No matter what it is, Lord, we thank you for this day because, Lord, we did not have to be alive, but you saw fit to raise us up uh, whatever time we rose. So, Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, we're asking that you would just continue to open our eyes, open our ears, Lord. Give us the mind to want to hear what it is that you have to say, Lord. Give us the mind to want to know what your will is for our lives, Lord. Help us to lay aside our own desires, our own will, and just seek yours, Lord. We're asking that you would just continue to be in our midst, Lord. And Lord, we're asking that no matter what happens to us in this life, that we would remember that there is a reason to have joy in the midst of a storm. So Lord, we're asking these many blessings, Lord. We're asking that you would uh, be with us in this Bible study, that you would touch someone's heart, that you would... Uh, just continue to pour out your love, mercy, and kindness upon us. So, Lord, we're asking these many blessings in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, we're talking about having life and that more abundantly. You know, we all want to have an abundant life. But what exactly is that? So, we're going to look at what Jesus said, and we're going to go back and look at something Uh, that Solomon wrote to us. So let's pick it up in John chapter 10 and verse 10. The thief cometh not, but for to steal. Now Jesus opens it up and tells us about what the thief comes for. And we know the thief, what he's coming for. He comes to steal something. You know, the thief is not concerned with all the other things that we might be concerned with. He's coming to get what it is that he wants. He came to steal. Uh huh. And to kill Mm -hmm. and to destroy. Now, he's not coming to have a conversation. He's not coming to find out how your day was. He's coming to take life. He's coming to take possessions. Go ahead, Mel. And to destroy. On the contrary, Jesus. He came for this purpose. Go ahead, Mel. I'm come that they may have life. He came. So we could have life. You know, we all want to live. But do we want to have life? Uh Uh-huh. 
and that they may have it more abundantly. Because there's a different type of life that Jesus is coming for. He said he, he is coming so we can have life. You know, the people that he was talking to, they were already alive. They were already alive. But he was coming so we could have life and, in fact, an abundant life. So I want to go back and look at someone who had an abundant life. Because when we think of an abundant life, we think of someone who is rich. We think of someone who has a mansion. We think of a really nice yard, really big yard with a pool. We think of these things because we look at the pictures and we say, that's my dream home right there. That's what we feel will make us have an abundant life. We look at the Rolls Royce. We look at the nice car. We look at the, the jet, the airplane. We look at all these things. And we say, that's what a nice, abundant life is. We look at the boat. So I want to go back and look at Solomon and his life and see what happened for him. So uh, we can go to Second Chronicles first. Let's go to Second Chronicles chapter 9. And we'll pick it up at verse 1 there. And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon. Now, she heard that he had accomplished something. You know, whenever we hear a certain thing about people, we go and check it out. We go and Google it. We go and check it out on YouTube. We go to find something, some information out, excuse me. So the Queen of Sheba, they didn't have any technology then. They didn't have uh, FaceTime. So she wanted to go and check it out, and she had to do so in person. All right. She came to prove Solomon with hard questions at Jerusalem with a very great company mm -hmm. and camels that bear spices and gold in abundance, and mm -hmm. precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. Now she came to Solomon to talk to him and question him. She asked hard questions, the scripture says, to find out if what she heard about Solomon was true. She had heard that Solomon was a great man, that Solomon was the wisest man on earth and he was she heard he had a, built a lot of things so she wanted to come see if it were true now she was the queen now being that she was the queen that tells me she had accomplished some things so now this is me scripture doesn't say this so I can almost guarantee you that if she had went there and Solomon had no more than what she had, she would say, man, this man ain't hidden on nothing. I got all of these things already. He's no better than me. So she went there to find out, all right? And Solomon told her all her questions, mm -hmm. and there was nothing hid from Solomon, which he told her not. All right. And when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, she seen his wisdom through his actions. When she got down there, she seen the things that he had built. When she got there, in our terms, we would say this man was living. He was living because he had a lot of possessions. So I want to go I don't want to spend too much time here. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 2. We're going to move to Ecclesiastes chapter 2. And let's start 
let's go ahead and start at verse 4. So, Solomon has accomplished a lot of things. The queen of Sheba, she told Solomon the half about what he has did, what he had done. It wasn't even told to her. They didn't even tell her half of all the things he had did. So, now we're going to jump to Ecclesiastes to see Solomon speak for himself. So let's pick it up in verse 4. I made me great works. Now this is Solomon talking. He said, I made me great works. Now we're talking about living an abundant life. And so if we were to look at the life of Solomon, we would say the man lived an abundant life. Because if we can pick any rich person today with a lot of possessions, we would declare that they have an abundant life. We would say they're living their best life. But is that what Jesus was talking about, though? Because we know he thinks not, God thinks not the way that we think. He doesn't operate the same way that we do. So Solomon here said, I made me great works. Uh-huh. I builded me houses. Now we say ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> if we look at this, we say it ain't nothing wrong with that. Keep reading, Mel. I planted me vineyards. We say ain't nothing wrong with that. The man got out there and he worked for himself. If you want something, go and get it for yourself. He said, we say it's nothing wrong with that. The man just wanted to live. He wanted to live an abundant life. That's what we would declare. But there is a problem with this. God finds a fault. Now, Tony didn't find this fault. God found this fault and he showed Tony. So he said, I made me some great works. I did some great things. He's, he's speaking about himself, boasting if you will, about himself. Now, he's not boasting. He's just telling us. But, you know, when we accomplish some things, we start bragging pretty. We brag about what we accomplished, Melvin. We say, I did this by myself. Nobody helped me. I accomplished this. Where were you? I was up working while you were sleeping. We brag. And we feel good about ourselves. So Solomon here, now he's not bragging because he's about to tell us his downfall. He's just explaining to us all the things that he did. So he said, I made me great works. I builded me houses. That's what we're working for every day. So we can have our own house. That's what we're working towards. He said, I planted me vineyards. Go ahead. I made me gardens and orchards. He did this. He said, I did this for me. He did this for himself. He didn't have his neighbor in mind when he went to work on this. Go ahead. And I planted trees in them of all kinds of fruits. He wanted to eat. So he understood, if I want to eat, I need to have a means to eat. I need the trees. I need the garden. I need all these different things. Keep going, man. I made me pools of water. He knew he needed water to survive. We need water to bathe. And sometimes we want the water just to relax. So he said, I made me pools of water. Uh-huh. To water therewith the wood that bringeth forth trees. Gotta keep the trees watered. We know cypress grows out of water. So he understood all of that. So he said, I got it. He found a reason to have, so he got it. And we would look at this and say, This man had an abundant life. My God, he had everything. He has all those things that I'm working for every day. I go to my job so I can build me a house. 
I want me a garden. I want me a pool outside of my house. And it's not going to be to water some trees. It's going to be so I can. <laughs> Let's keep going, Melvin. I got me servants and maidens. Now, this is what we want. We look at this as an abundant life. We said, I want me a maid. I want a butler. I want somebody to prepare my food. I want somebody to clean up. Because I just have enough money to do that. Keep going, man. And has servants born in my house. Now this man, the Bible tells us he has 700 wives. Now, for the man who doesn't want to be faithful to his wife, he would say, this is an abundant life. He said, man, I wish I had that many. This is what we would say if we were to look at this. We would say the man had an abundant life. Everything he wanted, he got it. 700 wives, 300 girlfriends. Keep going, Mel. Also, I had great possessions of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. He had the cattle. He had meat. He had milk. He had cheese. He had whatever it was. He was his own grocery store. He had it all. We look at it and say it's an abundant life. But there is a problem. When we analyze this, we notice all he talks about is me. All he talks about is I. All he talks about is mine. You know, we don't find a problem with this in our, our day and time. Because we have not the mind of Christ. The Bible tells us, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We know Jesus, he told us, he said, the son of man, he came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. He came not. To be served, he came to be a servant. But everything we're reading, we're reading how Solomon, he was served. And that's what we desire. We desire everything to be served to us. We don't want to do anything, especially not for each other. Let's keep going here. I gathered me also silver and gold. He said, now this is for me. I had my own money. This is what we work hard for. But there's a problem. Keep going, Mel. And the peculiar treasure of kings and of the provinces. Mm -hmm. I got me men singers and women singers. The man had entertainment. They didn't have TV. So he had live action. He had singers. He got men and women singers. He had the alto and the soprano. <laughs> he had it all, Melvin. <laughs> we look at it and say, my God, that's the life that I want. I want to have all of that at my disposal whenever I'm ready for it. If I don't want to hear no more singing, I say, look, get out of here. Praise the Lord, Sister Betty. Thank you for tuning in. Glad you can make it. We're talking about an abundant life. But what we think is an abundant life is not what God thinks is an abundant life. So we're looking at Solomon, the wisest man to live before Christ. He's taking inventory of his life. He's going back. And he's observing. The things that he accomplished, and he's going to let us know where he made. A mistake. So he said, I had singers. Uh-huh. And the delights of the sons of men mm -hmm. as musical instruments and that of all sorts. He had the instruments. He had these things. Now we know all these things cost a lot of money. There's some instruments that we might want right now. Cost too much money for us to get. But Solomon, he had the means. 
We say the man had an abundant life. He lived good. But God saw a problem. You know, I was talking to someone not long ago. He said he wanted a steel guitar. I never even heard of it. But he said they cost a few thousand dollars. Solomon could have had him one. If he wanted it, he got it. And he's going to tell us. Keep going, Melvin. So I was great and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Now look at what he said. He said, I was great. He didn't say someone else was. He said, I was. I was great. And I had more than all of the people that were before me. He had more. Uh-huh. Also, my wisdom remained with me. Mm-hmm. And whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. You know, people tell you all the time. They said, whatever you want to do, just go and do it. That's what he did. And we would say, that's living. That's having an abundant life. Solomon is going to show us there's still a problem here. He's going to tell us. He said, I accomplished all of these things. He's made it to the top. He was the wealthiest person on the face of the earth. But unlike, well, I'm not going to say that. God made him wise, though. He made him to know where his mistakes were. So let's keep going here. I withheld not my heart from any joy, mm -hmm. for my heart rejoiced in all my labor. Mm -hmm. And this was my portion of all my labor. Mm -hmm. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought. Now he looked back at everything he had done. He looked back. He's taking us on a trip down memory lane because we didn't know all the things that Solomon had accomplished. So he had to reflect and let us know. He had to write it and let us know. And if we would stop before we made it to these verses, we would say that man was something else. We would declare that we need to build a statue. We say this man had it all. But there's a problem. Keep reading, man. And on the labor that I had labored to do, mm -hmm. and behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit under the sun. Now we say that man, hold on now. <laughs> he's talking crazy now. He was talking good. But now he he he's lost me. Because how could all of that be of no profit? How could it all be in vain? All the things he named. From the cattle, from the pools, he had the best vehicles, the best animals in town. Whatever he wanted, he could get. He didn't keep anything from his heart, he said. Whatever joy it was, whatever satisfaction, he had it. There's things that we want, we just can't afford to get. There's some things we look at. We say, well, one day I might get it. No, with Solomon, it wasn't a one day. It's two day. So he was where we want to be. And he said, when I looked at it, it was all vanity. There was a problem. Keep going, Mel. And I turned myself to behold wisdom and madness and folly. But what can the man do that cometh after the king? He said, what about the person coming behind me? See, Solomon recognized he's going to die. And we don't think about that. You know, we know uh, I'll die one day. We know that. But we don't plan. We don't plan for it. But this is truly life more abundantly. Whatever we accomplish in this life, 
how do we use wisdom? How do we use wisdom? Keep going, Mary. Even that which hath been already done. Mm -hmm. Then I saw that wisdom excelleth folly. Mm -hmm. As far as light excelleth darkness. The wise man's eyes are in his head. But the fool walketh in darkness. Mm -hmm. And I myself perceived also that one event happened to them all. Solomon has now recognized that he has been foolish. Now we can look at it and say, how did a man who accomplished so much, how was he a fool? How did he play the role of a fool? He's going to tell us, keep going here. Then said I in my heart, as it happeneth to the fool, so it happeneth even to me. It happened to me too. The wisest man still found himself playing the role of a fool. You know, God talked about a fool. Jesus told us in a parable. We, we actually will have time to pick that up. God called the rich man a fool. Solomon here is nothing but the rich man. And he recognized that he had been a fool. You know, God opened his eyes to this. God didn't have to call him a fool here because Solomon himself recognized, man, I've been a fool. Even though I lived the abundant life that we think we want. But there's a problem. The problem was Solomon. It was selfish gain. All he spoke about was me. He said, I built me. I did this for me. I was great. You know, isn't that how people talk today? We say, I, 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 and me, me, me. We say, you better go and get your own, boy. <laughs> That's how we think. We only think about me. We only think about my immediate family. We only think about, well, my wife wants this. We think about, well, this is what my husband wants. This is what my kids want. I'm going to get my kid. It's all we think about. We never think about someone else. So Solomon, as he looks back over his life, he recognized it was all about him. And that the things he worked so hard for, he wasn't going to have them. He was going to have to leave here. And as I've heard a preacher say all the time, they're not going to take the house that he built and put it in the limo with them. They're not going to take that house and put it in the casket. They're not going to take it. They're not going to take the cow and put it in that casket with them. Solomon started to recognize that. Man, the pool that I that I dug, that pool is not going to go with me. I'm going to leave it behind. He recognized. And who was it going to go to? Keep going, Mel. And why was I then more wise? Mm -hmm. Then I said in my heart that this also is vanity. For there is no remembrance of the wise more than of the fool. He said, I'm not going to be remembered. You know, we remember people a certain day. But then tomorrow we forget. We do it all the time. We say, I'm going to live my life in memory of so-and-so. And just as fast as we finish saying that, we go out and we start living and doing things that would displease that person. Because we forgot about them and we went back to living for me. We forget. You know. Well, I better keep going. I better keep going. Keep going, man. Again, for there is no remembrance of the wise man, of the wise more than of the fool forever. Mm -hmm. Seeing that which now is in the days to come shall all be forgotten. And how dieth the wise man? As the fool. He said, I'm living and I'm going to die as the fool. 
because I did not consider that I did all this for me. But me was not going to live forever. Me is going to leave behind those things. Keep going. Therefore, I hated life because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me. Mm -hmm. For all is vanity and vexation of spirit. He said it's all for nothing. Uh huh. Yea, I hated all my labor which I had taken un under the sun because I should leave it unto the men that shall be after me. He said, I'm going to leave it to somebody after me. And he had no clue how the person after him was going to utilize everything that he worked so hard for. You know, it's sad. He, he recognized it is a sad thing for me to have worked so hard to make all these things possible. And the person that comes behind me just throws it in the trash, just wastes it. Just completely destroys it. He recognized that's a horrible thing. So, although while he was happy with all of his success, he realized he made a mistake. It should not have only been about him. It should have been about others. Go ahead, Melvin. And who knows whether he shall be a wise man or a fool? He said, who knows it? He said, I don't know. If it's going to be a wise man or a fool that receives these things. And we don't know either. We think, yeah, I already know my child. They're going to do this and they're going to do that. We don't know that. Because we're surprised all the time by people who we thought we knew them. We're surprised by their actions all the time. I've seen it happen. People, someone dies and leave things behind. And the people fight over it. That already shows me. They're under the wrong attitude. They're under the wrong mindset. If we have to fight over it, lie to each other, try to take something behind each other's backs, that's already showing me we're not willing to treat whatever it is right. It's all selfish. And that's, that's what Solomon recognized in himself. He said he had been a fool. Because everything he was working so hard for was for himself. He said, I don't know who it's going to. Is it going to go to somebody wise or a fool? Go ahead, Mel. Yet shall he have rule over all my labor wherein I have labored and, and wherein I have showed myself wise under the sun. This is also vanity. He said, this person is going to have control over everything I worked hard for. You know, even in the United States now, when people die, there is a death tax. So the government tries its best to take over whatever possessions were left behind. The government tries to take it. And if we don't have the funds for to keep the property, to keep the land, to keep the house, whatever. The government takes it. And Solomon said, I don't know if they're going to be wise about it or if they're going to completely be foolish. So Solomon recognized, even though he had did so much, it still was of no profit. Because he was not able to make sure that it would fall into good hands. And this is the exact same thing that Jesus tried to show us. Let's go to uh, Luke chapter 12. Starting at verse 16. And he spake a parable unto them, mm -hmm. saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. 
Now, this is Solomon. And this is not only Solomon. This is a lot of people. Rich. This is the life that we're seeking. But God finds a problem with it. Not that we're rich. But our motivation. Our ambition. Let's keep going. The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. Mm -hmm. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. This was the problem. It was all about this person. He said, I, what am I going to do? Now, this is the same way that Solomon was thinking. He said, what am I going to do? I don't have any room for my fruits. It was all about me and self. This is the opposite of love. This is the opposite of what Christ came for. He came so that we would have life and that more abundantly. An abundant life is including my neighbor, my brother and my sister. That's what an abundant life is. But Christ had to come and teach us that. He said, let this mind be in you. Paul told us that let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus was about his brother and his sister. Not about me, not about I. He tried his best to show us that. So we find here. A story of a rich man. And he said, what am I going to do? All right. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. He said, I'm going to pull down my barn. Now, this mine. Don't touch mine. You go and get your own partner. This is all for me. Don't even ask. Don't even concern yourself with what I have. He said, this is me. So he said, I'm going to tear down mine and build some bigger. Uh-huh. And I will say to my soul, so thou hast much goods laid up for many years. We can retire now. I have a good retirement fund. I have enough laid up for me. For a lot of years. I can kick my feet up now. This is what I worked so hard for. But God saw a problem with it. Uh-huh. Take thine ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. We can live. We can have a good time. But this is not the abundant life that Jesus came here to give. He wanted me to think about someone else. Not only me. It wasn't a problem to think about myself. But the problem was I never thought about someone else. All right. But God said unto him, thou fool. Now, Solomon said he played the role of a fool. He recognized he had been foolish. Same thing God is saying to this rich man here. God said, you've been a fool. Mm-hmm. This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? He said all those things that you went and provided. Who are they going to be for now? You got to leave it to somebody. That's what Solomon found out. He recognized God opened his eyes. To recognize I'm going to leave this. And who's it going to go to? God is concerned with who it goes to. He's concerned because he said the earth is mine. He said the fullness thereof and they that dwell therein. It's all his. We're only in possession of it. So it's really not mine. I shouldn't think, man, this is this is mine. I'm just in possession of it. It has to go to someone else. So God said, thou fool, you didn't think about this. You're going to die. And who are all those things that you work so hard for? Who are they going to now? This is life more abundantly. This is what Jesus taught them. 
Let's keep reading here. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself? This was the problem. He laid it up for himself. So Jesus says, so is he that layeth up treasure only for himself. It had nothing to do with no one else. It was only for himself. Uh-huh. And it's not rich toward God. He said, this man is not rich toward God. We look at him and say, this man is filthy rich. But God said, no, he's not rich. He's a fool. He laid it up for himself. Go back up to verse 15. And he said unto them, take heed. He said, pay attention now. Take heed. I want you to recognize something. Mm -hmm. And beware of covetousness. Beware of greed. You know, that's the world that we live in. We're greedy. It's our human nature. It's a part of each and every one of us. But God sent us Christ so that we could learn to not be greedy. To be selfless and not selfish. So Jesus said, take heed, beware of greediness. Beware of lusting after everything. Uh-huh. For a man's life. Now Jesus said he came so that we would have life, an abundant life. Now he tells us a man's life. Uh-huh. Consist consistent. Not he said, is not. Your life is not. Uh-huh. And the abundance of the things which he possesses. My God, somebody said that must be a typo. <laughs> that must be a mistranslation right there. Let me scroll to another translation because that cannot be right. But it's right. He said our life, it should not be about how many things I possess. He said, a man's life, it consisted not in the abundance of the things which he possessed. We want it to be about me. There's not a problem when we possess, but it's never about we. It's only about me. So God said, there's a problem with this. He took offense to this. So he told us about how foolish we are when we think an abundant life is only about the abundance that I have. He said, no. It never involved anybody else. And that that is where the problem is. So we have been trained. We've been trained. That the abundant life that Christ wanted us to have was about me. But it's not because Solomon told us he was a fool. And then God, through the mouth of Jesus, told us that it's a foolish thing when it's all about us and me. So that's where we are tonight. The abundant life is not what we've seen on TV, the American dream. It's not to say God doesn't want you to be rich, but he doesn't want us to be greedy. He doesn't want us to be selfish because that's the opposite of love. The Bible tells us God is love. But our actions show the complete opposite. It's all about me. If I don't like it, <laughs> the way someone else feels, it doesn't matter because it's all about me. That's not what Christ died for. He died because of love. So I thank God for you guys. I hope that someone out there, I know God has a few who are willing to take heed to what he said. I know most people are still going to want their own. And it's all going to be about them. 
But I know God has somebody out there because his word cannot lie. He always keeps his word. So I know he has someone, a few people out there willing to do exactly what he said do. So I thank God for those. Jesus told us in the book of John, he said, I pray not for the world, but he prayed for those few who were willing to do his word, those people willing to become one. Because that's what this is about, being one. That's the only way any of us will ever learn. It's not about me when we become one. You know, that's one of the toughest things when you get married, Mel. You're so used to being everything about me. You said, I like this and I like that. But when you get married, things are not only about you anymore. It has to be about us. So that's what Christ tried to show us. It's about us. So I thank God for you guys. And at this time, I'm going to turn it back over to Melvin. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, growing up, um, most of us, we hear the same old thing, you know, go to school, get a good job, get a great, I mean, go to school, get a good education so that you can get a great job and then be able to provide for you and your family. But, you know, it's not about that. It's not about just me or or my natural family. But it's about my family and Christ, because when you when you go to college, you know, they may teach you about the apple, but they don't teach you about the, the orchard. You know, they don't teach you about land, how to invest. Now, and I'm not saying don't go and get your degrees, go get your degree. I have a master's degree. And one thing I can tell you about that is that is the most expensive piece of paper that I own. <laughs> That's how they get you. You go to school to get a good job. And when you get that good job, you make a lot of money to pay the, your loans back, your student loans and all that. But it reminds me um, of uh, one of the stories in the Bible where the rich man went and talked to Jesus and asked, what can I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, "How you know, you know what's written, what is written. And he said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, you know, you're right. You're right, but there's one thing that you lack. Sell what you have and give to the poor. See, that's our problem today. Uh, we want all of these things, and we don't want to seek God righteously because it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the Holy Ghost. And his righteousness, because in the Bible it says our righteousness is as a filthy rags. So seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Tony was mentioning earlier how we brag about doing things on our own. I remember a song he said, you wasn't with me shooting in the gym. Now that I made it to the pros, what you coming back to me for? We brag about these things so much. Because we've done things on our own. When in actuality, we've done nothing on our own. Because the Bible says, what Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And we're so caught up with chasing money, securing the bag. I know we know the song, I get the bag and bag secured and all that. And the place in Haggai, I believe that's how you say it. It said, we earn wages. We chase wages and put them in the bag filled with holes. So that bag we're securing is filled with holes because it's not doing anything but going back out there. It's not going into anything that we can put together for the people of God. And after that man, and to finish that story, it said the, the rich man walked away sorrowful. He walked away sad because he had great possessions and he didn't want to let it go. It's mine here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is mine. I I did this, and that's kind of hitting on what we talked about two weeks ago. The importance of working together. People don't want to give up what they, and then in in actuality, you're not really giving it up. 
But, you know, people may say, I did all this. And this person over here, just about homeless, you mean to say if I put this in and he put his little bit in, we supposed to get the same thing? No, that ain't happening. So the man, he walked away sorrowful because he had great possessions. And then he turned, Jesus turned to his disciples and said, how hardly shall a rich man enter into the kingdom of heaven? And then his disciples said, who then can be saved? <laughs> you know, it's a good story. I encourage you to read it. But we all just have to take heed to the word of God. And like I said earlier, what good is it that we get these things that we actually striving for? The nice car, the nice house. If I die and end up going to hell. Nothing I earn on earth. Is going to go with me whether I go to heaven or hell. You're going to lose it anyway. So why not work together? You know, we always pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will. We're telling God his will. We're praying for his will to be done on earth as his will is done in heaven. Do we think that there's all this fighting, all this arguing, all this taking possession of whatever saying this is mine big eyes and little use do we think all this stuff is going on in heaven on earth we're in the dressing room nothing but preparation this life is preparation for the next life and we choose ourselves you know we always think about god and say will a good loving god send me to hell no you will send yourself to hell and um we have a comment. Marcus says, I feel like people have forgotten how to sacrifice and love for one another. The culture and stress of the real world can make you lose sight of deeper meanings slash responsibility. It is very tough to balance, but I believe you should always do the best you can. Yep, that is exactly true. And that's why, you know, God doesn't want us to be caught up in the things of this world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. One another place it said the devil deceived the whole world. So that's why we cannot be of this world and not get caught up with it. But we have to stay spiritually connected with God, with the pastor, with all of the, um, our, our heavenly, our church family, because that's how we will be saved. And we have to endure, endure to the end. Those who endure to the end shall be saved. So I don't have anything else. Um, thank you. I, I wanted to say else. something else. You know, <laughs> when we think about doing things for one another, having love and actually putting it in action for one another, the devil deceives us into thinking that we're holding ourselves back. If you give this to so-and-so, you actually hurting yourself. He, he causes us to think that, but we don't recognize that by doing what God told us to do, whenever we sign up to do what God says do, we actually further advance ourselves more than we ever would have by our own selves alone. You know, if two people work together, they can accomplish way more in a shorter period of time than the one person working by themselves. Now, we have to be on one accord. We can't both be working against each other. But when you have people who have learned how to work together, we can get so much further. But the devil, he doesn't allow us to see that. We think automatically, no, they holding me back. We automatically think that when it's our own mindset, it's the division between us. It's the fighting over meaningless things. It's. Uh, well, I just didn't like how they did this. I don't like how they do that. It, it's those small things that continue to hold us back from having that abundant life that Jesus came here to bring us. So it's really ourselves. We don't recognize that because like Melvin mentioned, the devil's deceiving us. So he that's the one thing he doesn't want us to do is work together. Because suppose a thousand people decided to work together. Look at how much those thousand people could accomplish. You can take one thousand broke people and I can guarantee you those people aren't broke. By the time 
all 1,000 of them get together. They can all say, I only have $1,000 in the bank. Look at how much money they have now. I can't even do that math, man. <laughs> so the point is, it's just there is no limit what we can accomplish when we get together. That's the reason Jesus said where there are two or three. He didn't say where there was one. Because he's looking for us to become one. It takes two of us to become one. He said where there are two or three. It has to be more than just you because Christ died for more than just one of us. He died for us all. So he's looking for his people to learn to be together. And that's what we don't understand in the world. We're continually tearing each other apart. I mean, we're waiting for something bad to happen to each other so we can ridicule, so we can laugh and humiliate. We're hoping something bad happens so we can have something funny to talk about. We're hoping <laughs> somebody has a messed up haircut so we can talk about it. But that's not the will of God. So I'm going to turn it back over before I talk another 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah, one thing you just mentioned, like I, like the last thing I was saying, the will of God, you know, we pray for his will to be done on earth, get our actions so show something differently. You know, there's a lot of things that's going on in the world right now. We have the capital riots and coronavirus or, or with anything, somebody commits some crime and then we're wishing hell upon that person. Um, we hope that they get what they deserve when we don't get what we deserve when we mess up. You know, we wishing people to go to hell when God says, you know, it's not his will that anybody should perish. So I just pray that, you know, that we seek after the things that matter most. Um, I was in Sunday school this past Sunday or it might have been the, the Sunday before that. And we talked about something like this. And one of the verses says, seek not the meat that perisheth, but seek the meat that's everlasting. That meat is the word of God. You know, that's how we get full off of that, the word of God. That's how we get full. Men shall not lead by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So that's what we should be striving for. And another place it said, don't lay up treasure. I could be saying it wrong, but don't lay up treasure here on earth where the moth can get to it. And I remember Tony telling me a while ago, he left a suit in his car. I think one time he said a moth got to it and chewed holes in it. Yep. <laughs> so that's definitely true. That's definitely true. Um, I see we don't have any more comments. So thank you, Sister Betty. Thank you, Marcus, for the comments. We appreciate you guys for tuning in uh, week in and week out to hear what thus says the Lord. And haven't said it in a while, but two things that is the foundation of salvation, um, baptism in Jesus name and getting filled with the Holy Ghost with evidence for speaking in tongues. It's not said it's not said enough. Too many people think that those two things are not related to salvation. But definitely, if you are not baptized in Jesus name and, and have not gotten the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues, then message us, you know, message us because those Two things right there are repeated so often, and we miss it. It seems like we miss it every single time. You know, Paul went to the upper coast of Ephesus and found certain disciples. And he asked them, do you have the Holy Ghost since you believe? And they haven't even heard of the Holy Ghost. And then they said, well, at least then Paul said, how have you been baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. And he said, you know, John told them to believe on him to come after John. And that is on Christ Jesus. And after that, they got baptized in the name of Jesus and Paul laid his hands on them and they got the gift of the Holy Ghost for speaking in tongues. So it's definitely, definitely important. Um, Jesus told Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he should not enter. Born again of the water and the spirit. So if you haven't done those two things and definitely make it your prioritized mission to do so, because no matter what anybody else says, it is definitely, definitely necessary. So. I don't have anything else. Oh, I do want to announce, as I always do, um, we do have Zoom Bible studies every Monday and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's always a good topic. We talked about this topic last night, but it's not always the same topic. It's however God leads the minister to teach. So we definitely encourage you 
to tune in. It's always a good message. Um, full of it's a group of people that are strong in the Lord and seeking to get better and develop a stronger relationship with God and to help others do the same thing. So I don't have anything else. Thank you guys again for tuning in. And as I always like to say, rejoice in the Lord always because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. There is reason to be joyful in the midst of every single storm, no matter what your earthly situation looks like. So we hope you guys have a safe, blessed weekend. And we'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic coming straight from the word of God. You guys be blessed and thank you so much. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. My name is Melvin Corners, here along with Minister Tony Banks, who brings the word every week. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You should tune in and ask questions or just tell us how you're doing. We'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic. Rejoice in the Lord always.